Come be a part of the Tea Party with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board Doc Holliday's Tea Party right now. It's only a click away. Hey, it's the middle of June. It's getting hot where I live, and a Republican nomination for the presidency is heating up. So listen up for a great show. tell you about this week's show like i said the presidential race for the republican nomination is heating up and you're here listening to doc holiday's tea party i'm your host ed holiday you're listening to us on webtalkradio.net that's webtalkradio.net and i'm glad to tell you that no matter where you are in this great country of ours this show is going to mean a lot to you today so let me tell you what we got going on. First, we got a little bit of news that you need to hear. You may not hear it anywhere else the way we're going to give it to you. So some news you need to hear. The Tombstone of the Week Award. It goes to something that's very near and dear to all Tea Party patriots. Every patriot out there needs to hear what our acting solicitor general has said. These words you don't want to miss because you got to understand exactly where this uh, presidential administration is coming from so stay tuned for the tombstone of the week award and then last week i told you that i had a unique experience uh an epiphany vision of epiphany when i was in washington dc in the library of congress in the thomas jefferson library and completed itself at the gravesite of president john f kennedy so that is something you want to stay and listen i'm going to tell you about it and just exactly how it happened and what it means to me, what it means to the country and this presidential race we're having. So stay tuned for that. Then the Rock of Liberty speech. Got to tell you about the Rock of Liberty speech. It's something you want to hear because it's something that's happened that could happen anywhere. And I know it's a story that you can identify with. So let's get right into the show. I'm going to tell you about some news items that are coming up, some news items that... Uh, you may not hear about anywhere else. So that's why we got to tell you about them right here at Doc Holliday's Tea Party. Number one is uh, the fact that our economy. Now, you don't have to hear that just at Doc Holliday's Tea Party. But what I'm going to tell you about the economy is something that we all know about. It's, <laughs> it's not up to snuff. Hey, every time there's a recession, I've told you before, there's always, there's always a, a peak, a, 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 just a upclick in our uh, economic rebound and there's not been a rebound it's been a trampoline that we <laughs> we've gone down and we hadn't sprung upward we've just sort of laid flat and a lot of it's because of this trillion dollar stimulus all these things that the present administration has hardly anybody knows anything about business in there it's just expected everything just to go hunky-dory when all the money got shifted to where the whoever the union workers are to keep their jobs to get the union dues to keep the democrats and the liberals in charge but i tell you what that's not helping the private economy 
when you stop the more and when you put the moratorium on drilling in the Gulf of Mexico and had all the all the politicians, Democrats, Republicans alike, saying, stop it, stop it, you're killing jobs. Not only did it kill jobs, they made the gas prices jump up. And now uh, everybody's asking, well, why, why, aren't, why aren't the businesses hiring? Why aren't the businesses hiring? You hire when you're making money and when you make more money and more profits. When you got an administration that tells you that they, they don't want you to make profit, then why in the world would you hire anyone? So... But let me tell you, the in in June they said, of course, the those you've heard the numbers that the unemployment rate went uh, up to nine point one percent. It's going in the wrong direction. Hint, hint to all you liberals listening. Hint, the unemployment is going in the wrong direction. Now the key question, one of the things is. Where did the jobs come about? 54,000 jobs were added. Woo, woo, let's celebrate. 54,000 jobs. Well, that's low, low numbers compared to the, they were hoping for an average of 220,000 like it has been in the last three or four months, but to no avail. Uh, 54,000 jobs added last month. Hey, guess what? It's not all bad news because half of those jobs were from McDonald's. <laughs> My goodness. Oh, my goodness. That's that's uh, our administration. Wow, what a news story. Everybody needs to know about that. There's something else that happened, and I'm going to elaborate a little bit more on this uh, in the Tombstone of the Week Award. But you need to know that there are still ongoing uh, the saga on the health care. Of course, it's in agendas, different courts now, where they're trying to figure out what to do about this uh, health care clause. And one of the things that's really really hitting me down in the core of my being is the fact that if our government can mandate everyone buy health insurance if they can mandate that what is it can they not do we've talked about that now that very question came up in one of the appeal courts uh, it's in uh, cincinnati in ohio it's uh, the u.s court of appeals for the sixth circuit the acting solicitor general, because you know Kagan was put pushed up to the Supreme Court. I wish she hadn't been, but she was. Uh, but the acting solicitor general had a had a exchange of words with one of the judges, the three judges on that panel, I believe. And one of them said, "Individuals don't have that option," referring to the health care law. And then uh, our acting solicitor general. Uh, Ketal responded, if we're going to play that game, I think that game can be played here as well because after all, the minimum coverage provision only kicks in after people have earned a minimum amount of income. So basically, he went on and said that, uh, hey, it's not a mandate if you want to live in poverty. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me, Mr. Liberal. Mr. Big Liberal Shot Attorney. Uh, the acting solicitor general, Ketal, said, basically, live in poverty and you don't have to worry about a big government mandate. Is that what George Washington and uh, all our soldiers fought for for freedom? Is that what 
the people put together the United States Constitution, their founding fathers, is that what they wanted? We could live in poverty so that big government won't stick their nose in our business and mandate us do something? I think not. That's why the Tea Party movement is alive and well, and we have some bottomized uh, attorneys, evidently. They're acting like our solicitor general. My goodness. Oh, well. I just And then one of the judges went on and said, and told uh, our acting solicitor general, Kay Tall, said, that wasn't a, in a single speech given in Congress about this. It's Judge Sutton. That's what he said. There wasn't a single speech given in Congress about this. The idea that the solution, if you don't like it, is to make a little less money. My goodness. America, what are we coming to? When our government tells us, uh, the administration tells us, be poor so big government won't have to tell you what to do. <laughs> they, I, I heard that saying, I don't know if you heard it, but it said George Bush, George W. Bush, he wanted everybody to become rich, and he failed. And they said that President Obama wants everyone to be poor, and he is succeeding beyond anybody's wildest dreams. He's the far left. They're getting what they want. They're saying, if you don't like big government, live in poverty. That's, that's the solution of all the liberal far left my goodness, alive. Let's get this Tea Party movement cranked up and going, or if we don't, there won't be anything left of our country. We'll all be living in poverty under the thumb of the big government. Uh, I hope you're right in your congressman. Don't, don't slow down. Let them know this thing is got put under, the gr under a tombstone. <laughs> That's what it needs to be. This health care mandate, this outrageous law, this foreclosure on freedom in America. We've got to stop it. What can you do? Well, you got to remember, every week, listen up to Doc Holliday's Tea Party. Because like I said, I'm your host, Ed Holliday. And I appreciate you, our new listeners. I hear you. I hear you. You're responding to what we're saying. I'm glad to have you on board. All you longtime listeners, I appreciate each and every one of you. This is the time to link the show to your friends. This is the time we're building up. We had last week's show of a great show. Retired Colonel uh, Bob McGinnis gave us an update on where do we need to go in the war on terrorism now that Osama bin Laden is dead. He's a brilliant mind. He knows what's going on with the military and our intelligence services and national security. So go back to last week's show and listen to a retired Colonel Bob McGinnis and what uh, he had to tell us. And the show before that, when we talked about Israel and what President Obama, has, uh, he dropped a bombshell. that He says he's a friend of Israel, but friends, uh, don't let friends talk like that, I tell you. This is what I want to tell you about on this show. We get news items, we talk about different things. I got it here in my hand, uh, the uh, latest issue of the Tea Party Review magazine. As you know, there's a place you can go in there. And I told you last week, the June issue is full of articles about the conservative women, women of the Tea Party movement. So get that magazine, Tea Party Review magazine. If you don't want to subscribe for the whole year, you can do it on a monthly basis. So go out, you can check 
right there on uh, Doc Holliday's Tea Party, the front page, there's a banner you can click on, or you can go to my website at www.teaparty.ms. That's teaparty.ms. And there you can click on the banner, and it'll take you right to the uh, online place where you can uh, subscribe, and you can read different articles. You can, hey, every week you can look at the Tombstone of the Week Award. They're putting Doc Holliday's Tombstone of the Week Award on the online magazine, so check it out. Now, the other thing I was going to tell you about this uh, Tea Party movement is the fact if you go to the website at teaparty.ms, yes, you can order my book. And right now, talk with the publisher, we have got it for $9.99, including shipping, with just a limited supply because I know the new listeners are coming on. I want you to have a shot at the book. If you got some liberal friends, hey, we are preparing now for 2012. This is not going to be a cakewalk election trying to defeat Obama. And I don't believe our nation can stand four more years of the ultra-left-wingers in charge. Do you? I'm asking you. Are you with me? Yes. Order the book. Get involved with the Tea Party movement. Because we have got to start planting the seeds now for 2012. President Obama is more than planting the seeds. He's raising money by the hundreds of millions. Plans on having a billion dollars. You know it's not going to be an easy task next, task next year. But I believe our country is on the line. What direction we're going to go? Are we going to have a country if we have four more years of the far-left uh, dictators? And that's, that's exactly they, they when President Obama, we talked about it on this show, when he, he refused to defend the Defense of Marriage Act, a congressional law signed into law by President Clinton, and he refuses to uphold the law. Now, we could go on and on, but I got to tell you about uh, what happened to me in Washington, D.C. on Memorial Day, 2011. Mentioned it last week, so let me just walk you through this. It's a story that I didn't plan on the story. I'm just telling you, sometimes people have little epiphanies, and you've had them, everybody has them at times. And I don't know if it's poetic. I don't know if it's what you'd call a vision. It's not when I'm asleep. Or, but it's, I was with my family. We went on a United States Capitol tour. We went through the United States Capitol, and my wife said she'd like to see the Library of Congress. I'd been to Washington many times and several times in the last few years. And, you know, I've never been to the Library of Congress. And now they got the new visitor center there in the United States Capitol. I'd never been there since they had it opened up. And, so lo and behold, they have a tunnel. You can walk right under the road, right over into the Library of Congress. So I said, come on, let's go. Took our kids and went over there and saw some of the exhibits and walked around, saw a sign, had a new sign saying, new Thomas Jefferson Library. I thought, well, let's check it out. And sure enough, one of the great big rooms there, they had this circular set of uh, bookcase, bookcases laid out. And it's Thomas Jefferson's books, originals. Many of them original, some of them duplicates but but it had thomas jefferson's library there's it's like a circle of wooden bookshelves encased in glass you couldn't just pick out a book of course they had them in glass there but they had a computer where you could look up the books that were there on the shelf and read about the books and within that great big room in this circular uh, pattern of uh, bookshelves of the thomas jefferson library on the floor there was another there's a circle right in the center of that uh, on a granite or stone floor and I stood there in the center and I was looking around I'd looked at some of the books that Jefferson had been reading and it just like a heavy heavy burden just just 
came across me as I, I could actually see, I'm not talking about physically, but I could see and sense Thomas Jefferson agonizing, anguishing, how he wrote the words of the Declaration of Independence, and yet before our nation was even born, we were divided. There was freedom and there was slavery. We never got rid of the slavery question. Thomas Jefferson as president, through the Constitution, all these things, even though he didn't help write the U.S. Constitution, he knew what was going on, who was there, but they could never deal with the word and the peculiar institution of slavery. And I could see Thomas Jefferson agonizing, even as he was president, even after he was president, there in Monticello, his home, and he had slaves. He, he used slaves, and he was the one who wrote the Declaration of Independence when he said, all men are created equal. Endowed by their creator with certain unalienable, inalienable rights. And among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And that was agonizing me to realize our country has been divided, racially divided. I mean, it's, it's just divided through the years. And it took someone outside of Jefferson's generation to wrestle with that. Nobody wanted to wrestle with it. Not even Lincoln wanted to actually wrestle with it. He just wanted to keep the union together. So that, that was a heavy, heavy burden that just laid on my heart. And I kept saying, where's the answer? You know, here we are today with President Obama. Where's the answer? When he was elected, it's supposed to be post-racial. And, and it's not, you know, it's just not. And so I agonized over that and never got an answer. And then uh, it's time for a family to move on. We moved on, went to more uh, places, sightseeing and on Memorial Day and so we did want to make it over to Arlington Cemetery. I didn't want to see the crowds, be there with the crowds, but I didn't want my children to see the, the ceremony tomb of the unknown soldier. And we went later that afternoon. We were out there, hoping most of the crowds had left, and, and the big crowds had. There's still a lot of people there being Memorial Day. And we took our children and were walking up the hill there, Arlington Cemetery, and, and then there was that sign, and marker said, you know, President Kennedy's uh, grave. And so we... We went there on our way to the tomb of the unknown soldier, and I explained to my children some about President Kennedy. And there, he's looking at the eternal flame, and I looked back, I turned around, looked back toward Washington, the city of Washington, and there's a direct line from President Kennedy's gravesite right to the Lincoln Memorial. And shazam, I guess that's the word, I mean that epiphany I had at the Library of Congress, all of a sudden I felt that weight and that heaviness and that division of our nation and how Lincoln had struggled with it and he had kept the nation together, but there was assassinated. And here I was on the grave site of President John F. Kennedy. I knew how he had stood up for civil rights. He had helped Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And he helped materialize some of the changes going on in the South, in the American South, to help galvanize the freedom that came through the civil rights struggle. And it wasn't a quick struggle, nor it was it easy. And, and there was in President Kennedy's grave, right there, standing near his grave, watching the eternal flame, the heaviness that even he he helped, but there's still this division, racial division, racial divide in our country. I thought, is there not an answer? 
And about that time, a gentleman came up and he was asking someone. We were discussing who was the in the tomb or buried beside uh, President Kennedy and his uh, wife Jackie Onassis was buried next to him. And then they had a infant son. And there was an infant daughter that we were trying to discuss if that was a miscarriage and buried there. And But the man was talking to me, and he, he got to looking. I asked him where he's from. He said, Maryland. And I said, well, I was from Mississippi. And he said, Mississippi, I grew up there. And he come to find out his father had been a chaplain in World War One. father had taken a church many years ago when he's 90 years old at a, at a place not far from where I, I grew up. And But we were talking and and I could tell he was conservative, and and you know he had lived in Maryland most of his life. He's an elderly guy. He had somebody had to help help him get up to the the uh, gravesite there because he was near about eighty years old. And uh, name was Olander. So, Mister Olander, if you are if you're listening, I'm, I'm glad you're listening. But this you were a part of this epiphany. You might not have known that because I was struggling with this, and then I was talking to you. And you know what happened, Mr. Orlander? When, when Mr. Orlander looked at me and said, who, who, who do we have that can beat Obama? Who do we have that can beat President Obama? And I looked out across the way there. I lifted my head up and looked back across and saw the Lincoln Memorial. And then all of a sudden, it's just like Shazam again. It, I was standing at the grave of President Kennedy, looking across, seeing the Lincoln Memorial, and I remember right behind that, you could see the Washington Monument that went shot straight to the Capitol. Guess who's guarding the United States Capitol building? There's General Grant, who was also president, but President Grant guarding the United States Capitol. Right behind it was the Library of Congress, where I'd been in there was Thomas Jefferson Library, and just bang, 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 bang. All these presidents had struggled with this racial division and our country and holding it together and trying to make it go forward and nobody's been able to take that up and and there's this gentleman a roots together and he said who can we run to beat president obama and i'm telling you and like a rocket i told him an answer that i had not even thought about he asked me that question and before i could even think the words flowed out of my mouth herman cain and his eyes got big and he looked at me and he said, yes, that's right. Herman Cain can beat Obama. And I'm telling you, that's the epiphany I had. Now, I'm not here saying I'm backing Herman Cain, but I'm looking more and more into it because that is what pulled those words flowed out of my mouth before I could think. And, you know, and the more I've thought about it since that time, and Mr. Olanders, you can correct me if anything I'm saying is wrong, you email me. In. But I'm telling you, that that happened, and why or how, I don't know. But the more I think about it, I look across the landscape, and Herman King, if he gets the nomination, the Republican nomination, he can shellac President Obama, and there's many reasons why. But number one is President King. Can you say that, President King? He can do more damage to the far-left liberal ideology than anybody else. And you can say it's because of the color of his skin. Herman Cain is African-American, but he would be our second African-American president, but he'd be the first as a direct descendants of African slaves. He'd be the first African-American president who 
who had uh, grown up in segregation, who, if you've heard the story, he sneaked some water out of the white water fountain one time, looked at his brother and said, taste the same. <laughs> so, but President Herman Cain, can you say those words? President Herman Cain. I just think there's more potential to bring this nation together to to get rid of this divide that keeps us from reaching our potential, keeps freedom from reaching its potential, keeping a free people from reaching the potential, no matter how great America has become. And we look like we got a schism ahead. We might fall off a cliff, but I'm telling you, if we work together, there's no limits to what the United States of America can achieve when its citizens work together in freedom. And we know we got freedom. I mean, you know, we got economic freedom. We got a president who will, will stop all this regulation and all this cutting down. Uh, the people who really want to make a profit. The more profit we make, as long as we have competition, the more profit we make, the more taxes will come in, and the more we can all help each other and get this nation on the move. But we've got to have a president that understands that. Herman Cain understands that. Herman Cain knows how he can go into places. He can go into the African-American communities and look at them right in the eye after four years of failing to get jobs under Barack Obama if we have President Herman Cain coming in and say, listen to me and let's do conservative principles and then jobs start rolling in across America, it's going to be a direct contrast from what happened with the far left in charge for four years and what happens when you got a conservative in charge for four years. Both of them African-American, but we'll see what ideology wins out. I'm telling you, that's the vision I had. That's what I'm sharing with you. Send it to America. Let all America hear it. You tell me what you think. Email me at radio at tparty.ms. Email me at radio at tparty.ms. And I'd like to hear what you have to say about my vision. I can't change it. That's what happened. You can contact Mr. Olanders. He's out there. I hope you listen to the show, Mr. Olanders. And, and uh, send me an email, radio at tparty.ms. And that is the vision. That's the story that unfolded in my life on Memorial Day in 2011. And for those who are wondering, yes, we went on up to see the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier ceremony. My children uh, were mesmerized, and, and I'm glad they understand more about the men and women who are giving their lives for our country. And they saw all the graves from all the wars, all the years. And God bless America. God bless our warriors that have kept, kept us free. Now, after saying that, it is time for the Tombstone of the Week Award. We're putting it a little later today because I want to get through that uh, epiphany and vision. But the Tombstone of the Week Award, something I already told you about. Uh, I mentioned it, and I'm going to tell you. Uh, it's about the health care bill. It's about our uh, acting solicitor, solicitor general, Mr. Uh, and the words he used when he said uh, the, the Tombstone Award goes to the words he used when he told the three-judge panel in the appeals court about the health care bill. Basically, when it boils down, he said, you don't have to endure a mandate from big government if you live in poverty. That's what it boils down to. Now, exact words were a little different. I read them to you earlier in the show, but that's that's what he's saying. Live in poverty and forget about big government putting his thumb on you. 
That is utterly ridiculous, utterly disgusting in, in saying that. And in the United States of America, where uh, General Washington and all the revolutionary soldiers put their life on the line so we could have freedom, and many died so we could have freedom, and then have some bureaucratic attorney come into the uh, appeals court and say, live in poverty. That's If you don't want big government sticking their thumb on you and telling you what to do, then just live in poverty. That is disgusting, and all freedom-loving Americans everywhere ought to ask that acting solicitor general to just recall his words and apologize to America and put those words six feet in the ground under a tombstone. That's the Doc Holliday's Tombstone of the Week Award, and I'm glad you got to hear it right here on Doc Holliday's Tea Party. Now, before we go on to Rock of Liberty speech, let me remind you that uh, you can go back in our archives and listen to the shows, our new listeners. We appreciate you. Uh, check out the, the shows we've had before. We've had great guests on, and then we've had some good shows about what's going on at the Tea Party movement. And I wanted to tell you, there's some exciting things coming up this summer in the Tea Party movement. Find a place. If there's not one going on, help, help uh, some of your friends and neighbors put one together. We told you a few weeks back, and it's in the article that I wrote in the Tea Party Review magazine about there's a lady in Goodman, Mississippi. She's over 90 years old, and she founded a tea party. How about that? If she can do it, you can do it. Let's get inspired. We'll keep pushing this nation because it says, just like I told you last week, and when I was in Washington, I visited the National Archives, I looked at the Declaration of Independence, which is fading a little more than the Constitution. But the Constitution, loud and clear, the first three words still say, we the people. That means you and me. That's what it's about. And that's what the Tea Party movement's about. And this week's Rock of Liberty speech is a reminder that no matter who you are, we can, we can make a difference. And I'm going to tell you a short story, great story. There was a a uh, friend of mine had a young kindergartner, and they were getting ready for a play. And this kindergartner just loved thinking about being a part of that play and wanted to lead part, and they had some tryouts. The parents of this young boy get in trouble legally. I'm just going to call him Fred, a young boy named Fred. That's not his real name, but I call it. But Fred went all excited to kindergarten, and he, he was going to his tryout day. He's going to try out and see if he's going to get the main part. And he was so excited. But his mother and dad both knew that they were some good students in that school. And, and their son, Fred, had a big heart, but he wasn't real good on memorizing words and wasn't really going to probably get the part. And they knew that. So they didn't know what they were going to do when he came home and if he didn't get the part because he'd been talking about it for weeks. Well, the day came and, they had to come pick up little Fred, and there's little Fred came out all excited, and they couldn't believe he's excited. Maybe he had good news, and little Fred came in. They said, well, how the tryouts go? And he said, he said, Mama and Daddy, he said, they chose me. They chose me to be a clapper and a cheerer. <laughs> he's going to get to clap and cheer, and he's happy about it because he was chosen, and that's what it is. You and I have been chosen. We're part of the Tea Party movement. 
We are defenders of freedom. We see what freedom needs to carry on in this country. And some of us have to get a radio show. Some of us have to write a book. Some of us have to go make speeches. Some of us have to go clap our hands. Some of us have to go cheer on the Tea Party. Some of us have to get on the air. Some of us have to write a congressman. All of us have to be a part of it. And it's you and me working together. That's what's making the Tea Party movement dig deeper roots into this country. And it's what it's going to take because we know, even Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, the founding fathers dug their wells deep. And when we sink our roots into freedom, the roots will go deep because the wells are dug deep by the founding fathers. We still live by the United States Constitution, which I reported, eyewitness report. It still starts with the words, we the people. Thank goodness, thank goodness, thank goodness, and thank God for the United States of America. God bless America. God bless you. And let's keep this Tea Party thing going. Can't wait. Next week, we got another great show. I'm telling you, there's some, uh, we're lining up some good interviews. You don't want to miss next week's show. And we'll continue talking about this presidential nomination. And, and uh, hey, I may get some more epiphanies. I don't know. But you listen up. We'll be here next week. And God bless you. Thanks for joining us today, and remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holliday's Tea Party. You can order Ed's book, Walk With Me, A Patriot's Guide, from the Boston Tea Party to today's Tea Party Revolution, by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.